Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire. With Jason McIntyre. It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight fire for Thursday, January 21st. Hope everyone had a great inauguration day. I'm sure you guys were glued to the TV and social media. I did my best to stay off of social media on Wednesday. I knew it was going to be a poop show, so I just avoided it. Uh, I did a bunch of reading last night about inauguration day, watched some videos. Uh, Big day for the country. And let's get back to sports now. Um, Obviously, the big sports story is the big three in Brooklyn go down to Colin Sexton and the Cavs. We will get to that shortly. I do want to uh, let you guys know we have a great interview coming up. I would say the most popular question I get from friends are, wait a sec, you're a part owner of an Australian basketball team? Yes, I am. And uh, people see it in my bio for Instagram and Twitter. and I get asked about it a lot. I decided to bring on the majority owner of the team, Matt Walsh. She played college hoops at Florida um, just before the Horford-Noah teams went to the Final Four back-to-back years. He was with the Gators, and um, he had an interesting international career, had a cup of coffee in the NBA. 
and uh, we talked to him from New Zealand. Uh, I think you guys will love the interview. It is uh, interesting stuff. He's a very smart, fascinating individual. But first, we'll start with the big three in Brooklyn going down to, yes, Colin Sexton, a.k.a. Young Bull. He had 42 points at one stretch. He had 20 straight points. And, you know, I didn't watch it live, but I'm watching the highlights. And it's like, okay, who's going to be the stopper when they have to face Colin Sexton? And it's like, Kyrie can't. He's not a lockdown guy. James Harden is capable in the post because he's kind of burly and barrel-chested. But Colin Sexton was just torching him from deep. And then you look at the box score and you're like, wait a minute, everybody on the Cavs is torching the Nets. I mean, everybody got a turn. They were 20 for 40 on three-pointers. And I know the narrative today is going to be, what? Well, like, look, they don't play any defense. They lost in overtime. By, they gave up 147 to a non-playoff team in the Cavs. I'm like, just take a deep breath. Step away. Let's examine the first game together for Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. Well, there is a little history of big three struggling in their first game. Why don't we take a look back to LeBron's big three when they started out in Miami? And wouldn't you know it, they lost their first game. 88 to 80. (laughs) 80 points for the big three. It was one of those games where they're overpassing. They want to overshare so nobody looks like they're the ball hog. They had 15 turnovers, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. In a loss, and wouldn't you know it, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Harden looked a little, you know, clunky there in their first game. Like, shocker, with a coach who's never coached in the NBA before as a head coach, and Steve Nash. Um, at one point, okay, Cavs offensively had 11 of 13 shots made, and they were uncontested, aka, ain't nobody playing defense uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, you know, we know Kevin Durant is a good defender. Um, he's a good defender, yeah, when he's got Klay Thompson and Draymond Green with him. Okay? Durant had a great game. 38, 12, 8 assists, uh, 4 blocks. He was, he was good. Kyrie, you know, 28 shots, 37 points. Your point guard has 3 assists, but uh, okay. And then there's James Harden, who looked like a guy who was taking a back seat to guys who were already there. He was like, oh, I'm not going to step on any toes here. James Harden played 51 minutes, more than Kyrie, more than Durant, and took 14 shots. Kyrie Irving took double the amount of shots of James Harden. Okay? Harden's going to look at the box score and be like, okay, we'll figure this out. He had 21, 12, and 10 boards. Trip dub for James Harden. Thank you for our fantasy team. Um, But again, the lack of bench depth is going to be a problem pretty quickly for this team. Um, you know, basically their bench contributed 10 points and made, I think, four of 24 shots. They trotted out a kid named Reggie Perry for 11 minutes. Um, uh, TLC, I'm not even going to try to say his name, 0 for 6. Joe Harris, 2 for 10. Um, this team needs some help, folks. And it's one game, I'm not overreacting. But, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers shoot 51% from the field. 50% on threes. I, that's absurd. Obviously, the Nets are going to figure it out. I'm not overreacting. I know Rob G is over there cackling with glee about Kyrie Irving's team going down. By the way, 
before Rob G fires off, I do want to say I got some very kind notes from people who uh, liked the kind of offbeat podcast that we gave you on Wednesday. A little different look for Kyrie. Um, at any rate, Rob G, I am curious as to how much laughter you had as Jarrett Allen in a revenge game. 12 points, 11 boards, 4 blocks. And uh, the Cavs beat the Nets. Uh, I did not have as much fun as you might have thought, only because I did pick the Nets to make the NBA Finals. <laughs> and that was before the James Harden trade. So I, 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 had, I was a little conflicted because on one hand, just like you mentioned, there were flashes where you saw how great they could be. I mean, it, it took them almost an entire first three quarters while they were kind of figuring it out because there, there was a lot of standing around, a lot of um, isolation. No, None of the guys really playing together, at least the three of them. It was always, you know, one guy in the corner and one guy at the top of the key, and that's kind of what they're doing. But in that fourth quarter, the big three, Kyrie, KD, James Harden, combined for 28 points. Hmm. So that gives you a, a glimpse into what's going to happen, you know, maybe not two weeks from now, but three, four, five weeks from now. I think they're gonna, they're, you're going to see that more often. The bigger story, though, you know that song by the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a new song in Brooklyn now. It goes, No D in Brooklyn. I mean, okay, it was embarrassing <laughs> watching them play. I mean... 64 points in the paint to Cleveland and you, and it, they didn't even get the full Sexland backcourt. It was just Colin Sexton. They didn't get Darius Garland last night. Um, so until, and I, I'm sure they're going to make a move, maybe like a, a JaVale McGee buyout, you know, just to get any kind of height on that roster. But DeAndre Jordan being the only big man, is just not going to work out for them. Right. You know, especially, you know, later in the season when they got to go through, you know, Giannis and Embiid, and that's before you even get to AD and LeBron in the finals. But uh, DeAndre Jordan only played 24 minutes in a double overtime game. So that tells you yeah. that they know, number one, we only got one big guy. Number two, he's not a very good big guy. So at the very minimum, we got to at least get two more versions of him. Um, you know, it, it was almost exactly like what you said with the Heat Big Three. You saw flashes where you're like, hey, if they are able to gel – you know, they're going to be really tough to beat. The only difference is that I don't know how much gelling they can do to become good defensively all of a sudden. They need to just get some more players. Yeah, I mean, probably only interesting to me, Rob G, but um, Kyrie Irving had three assists in 48 minutes, okay? The kid TLC coming off the bench had three assists in 12 minutes. I, you know, I like Kyrie. I said some, you know, nice things about him. Uh, on Wednesday's podcast, but this guy, he's, he's just looking for to get buckets for himself. It's all ISO. And listen, some of the highlights are crazy. Uh, you know, I put one of them on my Instagram stories. Like, oh my gosh, this guy's ridiculous. I know it came against Seti Usman or Osman, however you say it. Assman for all I care. But um, <laughs> there's no doubt that Kyrie can get buckets. I, I just want to quickly say, I know the Nets are the biggest story, Rob G. I get that. The biggest story in sports right now, even though Pat Mahomes did practice, we'll get to that shortly. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save 
and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can I say something about Luka Doncic? The Mavs have kind of labored through the beginning of the season, right? They're 7-7 seven and seven after a win. Um, they're tinkering with starting lineups. It's all about the playoffs. Luka Doncic had 13-12-12. Triple-double, you're like, oh, okay, great, nice. He got a trip-dub, cool. Russell Westbrook got a million of those. So what? Rob G. Luka Doncic, before turning 22 years old, has 30 triple-doubles, okay? Magic, LeBron, and Oscar combined, combined, before turning 22, had 29 triple-doubles. I don't, I almost feel like we're not 
giving Luka his due. And I know, yeah, you got to win in the playoffs. And they got bounced in his first playoff trip, although he was spectacular. It was against the Clippers. Um, but Rob G, are we, I mean, are we just so already accustomed to Luka's greatness when he can have 30 triple doubles before the age of 22? And uh, what's a triple double, Jason? Who cares? Russell Westbrook got a million of them. Russell Westbrook's a veteran, okay? Luka's not even 22. I, I'm, I'm blown away by this number. I mean, Magic was phenomenal. LeBron was phenomenal out of the gate. Oscar Robertson, I didn't see him. But obviously the numbers were there. Luka's doing more than they did before they turned the age of 22. How, how do I rectify that with, oh my gosh, look, is he going to be one of the greatest players in NBA history? Because what he's doing already, Rob G, is ridiculous. Oh, no doubt. And what's funny is his jumper hasn't even really come along this season. He's shooting 28% from three, Oof. and he's still giving you 27, 10, and 9. So that just gives you an idea how good he is. Now, it's funny that you brought up Luka because we didn't even talk about this before the pod. Is um, I actually listened to a Bill Simmons podcast on uh, Tuesday. And they mentioned uh, who the best players in the NBA were. And they said, and he said, LeBron, Giannis, Luka are the clear upper tier. And then from there, there's like a gap. I'm like, wait, like Luka over KD, over Kawhi, over. And then I looked it up on my own. They didn't even finish talking about it in the podcast. They just kind of swept over it. And I saw some of the numbers just like what you brought up. Well, look how many triple doubles he has at this young of an age. Consider the fact that half of their roster had COVID and they're they're playing like a hodgepodge of guys this early in the season and they're still kind of staying afloat. And it's all because of the one constant Luka Doncic. Right. Like he has that LeBron James effect on that roster where it's as long as you have him out there, number one is gonna put up numbers. Number two, you feel like you got a chance to win. And he's he's incredible. I do wonder if the seven and seven start, obviously you don't want to get irrational, but at what point does Mark Cuban say, huh, we may need to get some more firepower in here now? I don't know what they, they don't have that much in terms of uh, flexibility cap wise. It's obviously early, but you got to build around Luca as soon as possible. And now, because you said it, I decided to look it up. Player efficiency rating, Luca 10th in the league uh, so far. Mildly surprising, MVP Nikola Jokic, MVP candidate, I should say, is first. You would never guess. I could give you. 10 guesses as who's second, and you would never get it. Um, Chris Boucher, former, I think, Oregon center, who is now with the Toronto Raptors, is playing ridiculously well uh, in Toronto. Chris Boucher, second in player efficiency rating. Nick Vujicic, and I know I said that poorly, is third. And I know there's some people out there who cares about player efficiency rating. Historically, player efficiency rating translates to MVP, translates to the best players in the game. Now, this is a tiny sample size. It's 14 games. Jokic is best. But Jokic is, is playing out of his mind right now. And I listen, it. I, I, I actually spoke to one of the editors at FoxSports.com because I do some a bunch of gambling stuff for them. And I think I'm going to write something because, you know, and Rob and I talk about this. When does the pivot come from, okay, NFL's over, time to move to the NBA? Because I know there's a large segment of the people who watch Christmas NBA games. But still, there's NFL going on. There's playoffs. And NBA is kind of a, you know, a second-tier deal. Um, and there's been a lot going on at the start of 2021, obviously. Um, so NBA's kind of been glossed over. But we're approaching, 
Hey guys, wake up! We are a sixth of the way, uh, Rob G, 72 games. Uh, no, I'm. it would be less than a fifth. We're like a fifth of the way through the season. And I guess if you toss in um, canceled games, we might even be uh, inching close to a fourth of the way through the season here shortly. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we should do a bigger picture takeaways maybe for next week. But it, it, the one thing I notice is that like, there is such a huge gap between Lakers, all right? Lakers have the best record in the league. Then there's the Jazz, who are playing ridiculously well, and the Clippers, and of course the Sixers in the East, and the Bucks. And then, like, everybody is one or two games above or below 500. It's crazy how much middle class there is in the NBA right now. Of course, the Pistons are probably the worst team in the league, uh, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are an abomination. They don't even try to play defense. Um, Sacramento Kings don't play any defense. They're giving. They're on a historic pace for lack of defense. But it's just a weird start to the season. Um, Rob G, I think my. I, I know you're hot on the Nets. Um, and Luka Doncic is interesting. Every night I am looking at what Bradley Beal has done because I can't wait for him <laughs> to get traded or demand a trade out of Washington. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you were onto something when you talked about uh, Ben Simmons the other day. I think that Philly, if there's going to be a team that swoops in on Bradley Beal, I think Philly is the team. Did and, you see uh, Ben Simmons, by the way, against the Celtics? Do you see what happened? Uh, no. What did he do? What happened? So, there? like, they win. You know, uh, they score 117 points. Joel Embiid drops 42. Ben Simmons took five shots. Like five well, shots. I mean, are it. you surprised though? I mean, his. I've, I Bro, think he's playing is, is... 34 minutes and taking five shots. I will tell you the guys on the Sixers who took more. Shake Milton took 10. Dwight Howard took 7. Danny Green took 8. Ben Simmons took 5. The same number of shots as Forkman Korkmaz. That, yes, that <laughs> is a human being. Um, I, he just doesn't look dialed in. And I only really focus on Ben Simmons, A, because I'm a fan and I know some guys close to him, and B, because... I drafted him under my son's fantasy team. I was like, we got to get Ben Simmons. And he's been a bit of a letdown. Well, he's just a poor fit with Joel Embiid because everything he should be used the way Giannis is used. Make him your point forward. Let him go coast to coast, orchestrate the offense four flat, you know, whatever you got to do to give him space. Because if not, if you try to put him in any kind of structure other than that, then he's just a more athletic Draymond Green. He's a great defender who can pass pretty well. He can rebound. But he's a zero threat to score. Yeah. So until you get him in a different situation, you're never really going to see what kind of player he can be. And, and you know, not his fault, but they've decided, Doc Rivers has decided, who is a terrible coach, going to die on that hill. But he's decided that they are going to be focusing Joel Embiid as the focal point of their offense, not Ben Simmons. Yeah. Kemba Walker's back for the Celtics. Uh, no, no Tatum. But uh, Joel Embiid took five three-pointers. Ben Simmons took five shots. <clears throat> Just let that sink in, folks. I mean, he's getting to the foul line. I get that. Ten free throw attempts is good. But if you just look at the box score, then you're like, all right, let me watch him. It just He's still looking for um, a, a fit with the Sixers. And, and maybe you're right, Rob G. Maybe you have to unload him. I mean, if you can ship Ben Simmons to Washington for Bradley Beal, I, you know, I think you've got to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, have they to they should have traded him for James Harden, but, you know, they kind of yeah, missed the boat yeah. on that one. Uh, all right, real quick, let's go to Patrick Mahomes, who was 
and, and Rob G, correct me if I'm wrong. He was Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs was a full participant at practice on Wednesday. And then about an hour later, the Chiefs came out and said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second. Um, he was not a full participant. He took part in some practice. Um, and they're like, yeah, he has a concussion. <laughs> he's in concussion protocol. They played Sunday, and four days later, he's in a full practice. What the hell's going on here? Um, I, I don't know what to make of that, Rob, other than the Chiefs are seemingly trying to make it so that James Harden, uh, not James Harden, uh, Patrick Mahomes 100,000% plays on Sunday. Oh, yeah, they're totally expecting him to play. And I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's gamesmanship or anything like that. I think that he legitimately feels like he can play. The coaches think he can play. And if they're able to get him in practice, they're going to get him in practice. And it just seems like maybe they got caught, you know, some staffer who fills out the injury report. And he's like, yeah, Pat Mahomes is out there practicing. I'm going to put him as a full participant. And they're like, oh, shit, you know, he's in concussion protocol. We're not supposed to have him in full practice. So. I would be shocked. I would bet my house that he plays on Sunday. Well, then you get into uncharted waters of, um, okay, so he has to go see an independent neurologist as part of concussion protocol. And it's like, well, you know, is this independent neurologist going to, his name going to leak out? uh, Or all of a sudden, you know, are people going to start showing up at his workplace? Uh, I, I, you know, it gets a little awkward. Like I'll tell you right now, uh, the NFL has a vested interest in Patrick Mahomes playing this game. You cannot market. We got Chad Henney versus Josh Allen in the AFC. Like that's not going to fly. Um, it, you know, it, it's a weird spot, and you don't want to say something untoward could happen. But let's be realistic, guys. Uh, it, Patrick Mahomes is going to play, and I don't know where the pressure is going to come from. And I, I, I don't like to use the word pressure, but. It's just it it's it's gonna happen. Like you're right, you can't keep him out of this game. And I hope he plays. I hope he's a full go. Yeah, and then we also have had you know Brady Papinga this week, and we've talked to several NFL players. You and I both you know off the air, and they've all said, yeah, I've had multiple concussions. I had a concussion, and I came back you know four plays later, I had a concussion, and I was back <laughs> in the second quarter. So, I mean, Andy Reid said it himself. Were it not for these current concussion protocols that we have in the NFL, he would have been back in the game. Yeah. So to to think that even with an independent neurologist that he's not going to find a way to get through or he's it, 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 the hit wasn't even that bad to begin with where you know like, oh, he's definitely out. He looked like he was fine three minutes later. So he's going to play. The Chiefs are going to win. They're going to face Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow, you got this all figured out. Let me quickly, Rob G., Add this, the weather forecast in Kansas City is being scrutinized, not hourly, but extremely closely, because that is one factor that could change a game. If you remember the Bills Chiefs earlier meeting, rain was played a significant part in the game. Josh Allen was awful. They're calling now like four, 35 to 45% chance of rain slash snow. Now, I, again... Temper, stuff in the Midwest changes all the time. It can flip on a dime. Um, but as of now, it seems like there will be some precipitation of some kind and temperatures in the 30s at kickoff. So it may be an ugly game. I do believe that greatly benefits the Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills have no run game to speak of. Okay? None. Moss is done. Singletary is their guy. And they barely use him. I mean, Josh Allen could win with his legs, but... I don't know that that's going to be your game plan. 
Um, very interesting weather setup. Also, I would look at the under. Um, once the weather becomes more locked in, uh, that number is going to plummet, I think. So, um, again, it's early. We will come correct tomorrow with uh, our, our NFL best bets. I don't want to say how bad it was on the divisional weekend, but um, it wasn't good. So coming up next, it's time for an interview with our guest, Matt Walsh, former Florida Gators basketball player and current owner of the New Zealand Breakers. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire um, a guy I've known probably for going on six years now. But of course, I knew him before he knew me. He was a famous college basketball player. And the most popular question I get when people look at my like Instagram or Twitter bio, they're like, oh, you, you're an owner of a basketball team? Well, I'm a minority owner. But this guy's the big owner. Matt Walsh, primary owner of the New Zealand Breakers, former Florida Gators basketball star. Matt, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, first of all, let's start with where exactly on planet Earth you are as you get ready for the NBL season to tip off. Um, where are you and, um, you know, how is the COVID situation over there? Oh, I don't say this lightly, but I somehow ended up in the best place in the world to be right now going through COVID. Um, we're about a year into this whole COVID debacle and 10 of the last 12 months, we've lived total normal life here, COVID free. We've had two months of lockdown. Uh, we went into a strict lockdown right when it happened and we've had a couple hiccups along the way, but um, we're living a totally normal life. I can go to a concert. I can go to a sporting event. I can go have beers with my buddies. I can do anything here. So we've been very fortunate. Um, obviously, it's a lot different than the United States. We've got 5 million people and we're an island nation. So I'm here in New Zealand. Um, it's been amazing. I feel very fortunate. Um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good, to be honest so, with you. So nobody wears masks in New Zealand? No, the only places you have to wear masks are if you get on a plane and if you get on public transportation. So if you're going to take the bus into town, you wear a mask. Um, but nobody's wearing a mask. We have a COVID tracer app where everywhere you go, you basically just tap in if you want. It's not mandatory, but most people do it because they want to be part of the solution here. Um, but no masks. It's Life is totally normal. I kid you not. You could go to a packed out Spark Arena where we play our games with 12,000 people and watch a concert, 660. Uh <laughs> There's nothing you can't do. You can go to a game, an All Blacks game at Eden Park with forty thousand people. There's there's zero restrictions on our life here. My goodness, I, I'm sure there's a you know a lot of people listening very jealous. Um, now now let's get uh, before we get to your background and uh, Florida Gators and uh, trying to make it into the NBA. I want to go back to how on earth you hatched this idea to become a uh, owner of a basketball team. Uh, in New Zealand, because that sounds very foreign, but also very cool to every sports fan I know. Yeah, well, I can tell you it's never part of the plan. People ask me, it's the first question I get to here. They're like, why are you here in New Zealand, an American guy (laughs) from Philly buying a basketball team? Um, And I tell them it's either really good luck or really bad luck, depending (laughs) depending on how we're going. But um, I retired from playing in 2015, and I was very fortunate that a very close friend and mentor of mine, Jason Levian, who former owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and Memphis Grizzlies. Now he's the managing owner of DC United and Swansea City. 
he was running DC United at the time and Swansea City, and he gave me the opportunity to invest in both of those deals. And more importantly for me, he gave me the opportunity to basically shadow him and see what he was doing in the sports executive ownership kind of space. And I could tell right away it was somewhere where I'd really enjoy doing. And, you know, as a, as an athlete who's finishing their career, you're kind of, I was in a great place financially, so I didn't have to work, but you're kind of figuring it out. And I was in a little bit in limbo, didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And then at the end of 2017, um, a mutual friend of mine and the former owners, the Blackwells, Jonathan Gavoni, who works for ESPN and started mm. Draft Express, he called me and said, Matt, um, there's this basketball team in New Zealand called the Breakers. Uh, they're part of the NBL. The league is exploding. They've got a connection to the NBA. I think it's something you should take a look at. And my first thought was, well, you know, I haven't been out of the United States since I retired. So why don't I take a trip to New Zealand and, uh, you know, tick it off the bucket list? So we did our due diligence and I came here and I was blown away by the country, the people, everything you read about New Zealand, it's a hundred percent true. The best people in the world, the most beautiful place on earth. But more than that, I went to a game and I was shocked at the level of basketball and the product. And we're playing this game in Spark Arena, which holds about 9,000 for basketball um, games. And it didn't have a great crowd, but the product was amazing. And I saw this huge opportunity that, um, with the ability to connect with the NBA, you don't have that anywhere else in the world. It's an English speaking league. Um, if you, if you think about basketball teams outside of the NBA, unlike every other sport, you know, if you think of soccer, you know, all the, all the teams in the premier league, you know, the second tier teams, there's no basketball team in the world that was really recognizable outside of the NBA. And with the pace that the basketball is growing globally, I just saw that as a huge opportunity to essentially play NBA preseason games, get guys like RJ Hampton and become almost like the 31st NBA team in this amazing market. And that was kind of our vision from day one. Um, and I think it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I, I, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Uh, I will say wearing the Breakers gear uh, out here in California, I've had some people be like, oh, that looks cool. What, what's the Breakers? And I tell them, and as soon as I say R.J. Hampton, they're like, oh, the high school kid. Um, and, and, you know, I listen, I'm not gassing you up here, giving you major credit, but not only did you see the opportunity over there in an English-speaking country for basketball, but the idea of R.J. Hampton plucking a high school kid to kind of be a trendsetter. I mean, Matt, you know, in some ways you could say the G League has made major changes in the NBA because of what you did with R.J. Hampton. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that there was probably a number of things. Adam Silver is a really smart guy, right? Yes. And he came out with a quote. He came out with a quote about a year and a half ago. And he said something like, I'm jealous of what the NBL is doing. If I had a son, I would, I would say, I would consider sending him there. It's a great development. And when you have Adam Silver, somebody who I respect greatly say that it's pretty cool. And like I said, part of our growth strategy here was you've got this amazing market. New Zealand is known as like a cool spot to anyone you talk to around the world. We're the New Zealand breakers. We're not the Auckland breakers. So I saw that as a huge opportunity to grow our brand. And part of that was getting those next stars so that we could grow in the United States and using our connections in media and, and becoming a cool brand outside of that. So, yeah, I mean, what, what the G league has done, um, obviously it puts a dent in what we're trying to do here, but I don't think it's going to limit us in terms of getting next stars. I mean, we've got two this year, Josh Giddy, who's going to be, uh, who's an Australian, who's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft next year. And he's playing for Adelaide and then Mojave King, who'll be a, a first round pick. Um, it made it a little bit difficult with us with COVID this year, to be honest yeah. with you, because we're displaced. So our team 
companies in Australia for at least the first three months of the season because there's no bubble between Australia and New Zealand for travel. So it was very hard for me. When I was recruiting RJ Hampton, I could very comfortably tell his parents, you're going to come to paradise. You're going to live here for six months. You're going to get the best basketball development. You're going to live in a safe place and you are going to get, get a, a life experience that is going to really pay dividends down the line for RJ and for the rest of your family. This year, I couldn't tell that to an 18-year-old kid's family because I didn't know where they were going to be. And I take pretty seriously, um, you know, I, I first went overseas when I was 21, and it was a scary experience. Yeah. So for me to tell an 18-year-old kid and his family, hey, come move here, trust us with your kid for six months and not know where they were going to be, it wasn't something I was comfortable doing. So we took a year off from the Next Stars program this year. But as soon as the world gets a little bit more back to normal next year, um, you know, we'll, we'll have somebody else wearing the Breakers uniform. Yeah, how much did your background playing international basketball, um, I lost track of how many countries you actually played in, uh, but how much did that get you ready to say, cool, I'm going to move to New Zealand and uh, run a basketball team? It was easy. <laughs> you know, for nine years, every August, I would pack up all my stuff, six or seven bags, and I'd move for 10 months. You know, you'd move overseas, and, and that was it. So for me, it was, it was, it was normal. It wasn't, it wasn't really a big decision. Now, for my family, it was a little yeah. bit more of a conversation because, you know, I played overseas for nine years. I finally got settled back in the Philadelphia area. I'm around my parents. My kids are happy. Um, but to their credit, uh, I think they were sold on the fact that I believed in this opportunity so much, um, and, and they bought in. And the really exciting, you know, you spoke about what Adam Silver has made in the G League changes, but the exciting thing for me is more so that since we bought the team, uh, now four of the 10 teams are owned by American ownership groups. Yep. So I was the first, you know, we were the first American group to ever um, to ever own a team. And now, and now four of them are, and you've got Brian Colangelo investing, and you've got all these NBA guys investing. Jason Levian owns a team who's owned two NBA teams. So it's pretty exciting. Um, what we've been able to do and what in the direction that the league has grown. Certainly. Uh, I want to uh, back up to your playing career. So you went international. I, can I call the NBA move a cup of coffee? I mean, I know you played in the summer league and uh, you were with the Miami Heat for a minute. I, how would you describe it? I mean, that's every kid's dream, right? You're growing up in Philly, uh, a basketball hotbed, and you're this high school star, heavily recruited, um, and let's, I'm going backwards, Benjamin Button style, but let's just go to your right before you went international. Um, I heard you tell Ryan Rossillo some funny Shaq stories. Um, but like, yeah. how close were you to the NBA? I think quite possibly a cup of coffee is even an exaggeration of how long I stayed in the NBA. <laughs> I joke uh, with their office here every now and then. I'll be like, I'm the only player, in, and I this is true, I'm the only player in NBA history that's one for one from the field and 0 for 2 from the foul line. So I have a 0% free throw percentage and a 100% field goal percentage. And I scored the first time I touched the ball. So I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Um, but look, there are so many really good players globally who play basketball. And I was very, very close. And I think I was one of the guys that if, um, so I played on the 2005, 16 that won the championship with yeah. however many hall of famers they had on the team. And that was a team that if you're an end of the roster guy, um, and somebody gets, goes, gets injured or something, they, the team needs to pick up someone to try and win a championship. You know, this, yeah. this wasn't a team that was just going to develop me, for that whole year. Um, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity that Miami gave me, but 
the next year with the Nets, I probably even had a better opportunity in preseason. I was, you know, one of the first guys off the bench. I had this great opportunity, but they had a full roster. And I think for me, it was more of just, I didn't, the circumstances didn't work those first two years. And it's really hard to get in the NBA if you're not a first round pick. And um, I think there's a lot of guys like that, especially now that global, like the global basketball community is a lot tighter and, and you can view guys, but there's just a lot of really good players. And I think some of it is circumstance and I didn't quite make it, but I think I was an NBA level player. I think some of the stuff I did overseas um, showed that, um, but I just wasn't quite good enough to be honest. You know, if you're that good, if you're good enough to really stand out, then you stick in the NBA for 10 years. And I was one of those borderline guys that I could have worked out if circumstances were perfect and they weren't for me. And, you know, I just got a short opportunity. But at the same time, like timing is is everything. I mean, I kind of got lucky with my website, unloading it before social media really popped. I mean, blogs are kind of dead now. Um, I, I just, you, would you characterize yourself as a 3 and D guy? No chance. If I was a 3 and D guy, I would have definitely played uh, for 10 years. And that's that what I, problem. yeah. Like, that was my yeah. problem. You can't score on defense was my motto. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was more of a, um, of a guy who really – I was a great passer and a, and a very good shooter. Um, and that's why in Europe, you know, I was six, six, uh, I could, you know, do everything in Europe. I just wasn't quite a good enough athlete. And to be honest now, looking at what, how guys take care of their bodies and athletically, uh, you know, I thought I worked really hard when I was a player and I did on the basketball court. Like for me, I got every ounce of it I could for my body and for my ability, but you just have to work so hard and I needed to take care of my body better and I needed to party less and I needed to be a little <laughs> bit more focused if I was going to stick in the NBA and that's just reality. Looking back now, I'm very comfortable. You know, I've gotten over the pain of it. I'm very comfortable to say, look back and honestly say, yeah, I, I needed to do more to play in the NBA. Um, yeah. Well, defensively, nobody plays defense in the NBA now at, at all. I mean, every game's 120 to 130, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But uh, you know, you, you said you were a six, six great passer, like the Sari you were basically what Draymond Greenish. Without the defense, which is that, could you call yourself that? Because you were a high IQ guy. Yeah, I was a high IQ guy. I, I think I was a lot like Draymond in terms of I would do it, whatever it took to win. I sacrificed my body a lot. Um, but yeah, Draymond is just such a winner, and he, um, you know, he's. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty good comparison because I was a great passer, and in Europe, I was a great rebounder. Like I'd average seven to 10 rebounds from the two or three position every year. Um, I did a lot of really good things, but I just wasn't quite, if I was a, a little bit better athlete, I would have stuck in the NBA easy just because I was that good skill wise. But I just didn't, I just didn't put the work in on my body to, to stick um, like I should have, to be honest. I was looking at the list, Matt, of guys you played with at Florida. I mean, I was a nerdy guy in college in terms of I was in a fantasy college basketball league. And obviously you were drafted high, uh, especially after, you know, your freshman year. You had two 20-point games right out of the gate. But you played with guys like Anthony Roberson, uh, Lee Humphrey, Corey Brewer, Al Horford, Noah. Like, you were on some damn good Florida teams. What do you remember about those days? Yeah, I mean, I played with Joe Kim, Noah, Al Horford, Corey Corey Brewer, Torian Green, David Lee, forgot him, Matt David Bonner. Lee, yes. I mean, everyone on our team was an NBA player. I mean, it's insane. And we were, we grossly underachieved. Um, while I, while I was in school, we just, we, we missed out on um, some opportunities to take a long run, but playing at Florida was one of the great privileges of my life. Uh, playing for Billy Donovan, Anthony Grant, Larry Shiat, all these guys. Um, literally it was, um, 
it was the best experience. You know, when I told RJ Hampton to come here, I said to him and his family, I said, look, I'm going to be quite honest with you. My, I had the most amazing college experience you could ever ask. If I could do it again and go and make millions of dollars, I would still go to the University of Florida. So I told them, if you were picking between us and college, you're never going to hear me try and argue why you should come here. If you're going to be a pro, there's no better place on earth for you to come than the New Zealand Breakers because we're going to develop you the best and all the other reasons. So I love Florida. Last year, getting to play the Breakers versus the uh, OKC Thunder with Billy coaching and NBA preseason yeah. was the thrill of a lifetime for me. Um, I, yeah, I, there's not a negative word I could say about Florida. The entire institution and the entire experience was world-class and, um, you know, I wish I could do it again. Yeah. I, I, I took a trip down to Florida with my dad. We drove down there to check it out cause I got accepted to the university of Florida and we went on the tour in the summer. I, my dad's probably listening to this and Matt, I kid you not the level of talent around that campus I mean, our host who was walking us around, my dad was just like fumbling his words. Like, oh my God, who is this? You know, I mean, the women were ridiculous. And you're a basketball star. Now you did have like the look, right? The bushy hair and the headband. Where did that come from? What's like the origin of that? So when I was in high school, first of all, you're 100% right. I went, I went on a visit to Florida and right before I left, Jay Wright got the job at Villanova and he came right from the press conference to my high school and said, Matt, don't commit anywhere. Give me a chance to recruit you. And I went on a to Florida trip that weekend. I committed because I was just looking around <laughs> like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is where I need to be. Um, so I was fortunate in high school. I was a Nike athlete guy. So they sent me all the new stuff. And in one of the packages, they sent me a headband. And I was like, oh, okay. So I wore the headband in a game and I scored 39 points. And, I was a, and I'm a very superstitious guy. So from then on, I wore the headband. And then I got to school and I forget. It was, I think me and the, the other freshmen started growing our hair and – um, mine just kind of stuck. And then I had that big first game and everyone's yeah. talking about this floppy haired guy who scored 28 points in his first game or 26 points in his first game. And Dick Vitale did the game and yes. I'm getting interviewed on TV. And I'm like, honestly, I'm thinking in my head, holy shit, like, how is this happening? <laughs> um, and, um, and it just stuck, you know, then, then it just became kind of my look. Um, yeah, for better or worse looking back, but <laughs> So to go back even further, I read that you were a six foot point guard as a freshman in high school. Like you were giant. Is that, do you think one of the big qualities that helped you become such a good uh, distributor and passer because you were so big at an early age? Yeah. So I was, so I actually, I had a, like, I was tall, real tall when I was real little. And then I just plateaued. And then, you know, mm -hmm. seventh, eighth, ninth grade, I was just like a normal, I developed so late. I swear I didn't go through puberty until I was like 17. So I was just like this little kid trying to compete with, you know, 18, 19 year old kids in high school. So as a freshman, I didn't make varsity from the jump. <laughs> and people talk about, you know, like Michael Jordan didn't make it. And it like, it drove him. I was devastated. So I didn't make varsity. So my oh, wait, first what, what happened? Wait, what, what happened? Why, how did you not get picked? I, I mean, I know they had little, a stacked team. You know, but. I was like, you know, start my freshman year. I was probably five ten or something. Mm. We had an awesome program and I just wasn't good enough physically. So I was so pissed off. Like my first JV game, I scored 30 in the first quarter. Um, <laughs> I just, I was so pissed off. I against Hapur Horsham where Matt Carroll played. I, I scored 30 in the first quarter and I ended up playing some varsity that year, but I did a really smart thing. I grew six inches that year and I came back as a sophomore at six, six and I got MVP of the league. So I went from JV to being MVP of the league. Wow. Um, and it was just the product of getting better physically. 
uh, growing into my body. I, I was this awkward guy with long arms and big feet trying to play as a freshman. Uh, one thing I've had some folks talk about, some uh, former athletes here, is like the last 10 months in America has been brutal. A lot of kids haven't played sports. Uh, they're missing a year. Um, I know you have a young guy. What like advice would you give parents for their young kids who may have been really good athletes in third, fourth, fifth grade, and now it's like, can't play sports, well, mostly in California, um, but elsewhere in the country, like no sports at all. Like, how do you keep them motivated and stay active when you've got video games and iPads and all that fun stuff? It's so hard. I mean, I feel for the kids more than anything. Obviously, like you said, this last year has been so hard on everyone, but I just can't imagine being a kid in the States right now. I see it with my family who I speak to, and I talked about being lucky here. Our kids live a normal life, but... I would say that I, and this may sound a little bit cruel, but the ones who really love it are going to find a way to shoot some hoops. Yeah. Like, like I know I would have found a way just because I breathed it. But, you know, to keep kids motivated, it's so hard. To your point, there's so many distractions now. You've got Xbox and PlayStation and video games and iPads. Like you said, um, it, it's much more difficult. I think the one really fortunate thing it looks like from the science of this that kids are not quite as affected so you know hopefully kids are getting out and staying active but um it's a tough time i hope for everyone's mental sake more than anything yeah we get through this quicker than than not just so kids can get back to playing and being active i, I want to ask growing up were you was basketball your definite number one or did you have other sports because there is that big debate hey sh should i specialize in basketball because i'm good in fourth grade should i just avoid football and baseball and lacrosse and all this or did you play every sport yeah, I played I played basketball, baseball, and American football. So I played everything. Baseball was always my number one sport because my dad coached it, and I was always honestly I was just much better at baseball growing up. Um, and then I got to be about thirteen, uh, twelve or thirteen, and I was and I just kind of clicked the switch, and I was like, okay, basketball is uh, where I want to be, and I just started loving it, and I gave up the other sports around that age. I'm a big believer you should play everything because, yeah. um, you know, I grew up with me and my dad, we had a ball everywhere we went, whether it was me dribbling a basketball or a tennis ball. You know, if we were going, if my mom made us go shopping or something like that, we had a tennis ball and we'd be out in the parking lot throwing the ball. And I'm very fortunate to have great dad and great parents, but um, I'm a, I'm a believer that all those other things like, you know, me playing football and, and baseball gave me great hand-eye coordination and I had really good hands and I could, you know, throw long passes. And I just think it helps develop your overall skills if you do other things, but yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's, you know, each, each parent and kid's decision. All right. I'll wrap up with this, Matt. Uh, NBL season is underway. The breakers uh, first game is today. Actually, uh, as we were recording this on Wednesday, the first game is on Thursday. Um, you know, Matt, any thoughts on the season? There's no RJ Hampton versus LaMelo ball, uh, which was fun last year that, I mean, that set all kinds of streaming records for the league. Um, I know that Lamar Patterson's a big addition, and a lot of people remember him from Pitt. But any other overarching thoughts on the league uh, heading into the season? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to be very good, which is always exciting going into the season. I think probably all 10 or 9 teams feel that way. But um, I mentioned it. We've got, I think, Josh Giddy For the people who really love the NBA and basketball fans, Josh Giddy is a young Australian who has a little bit of Luka Doncic in him. He's about <laughs> six, six, seven, six, eight. You can't speed him up. Uh, his first game the other night, he actually got a concussion and he played like he banged his mouth up. He dunked and he fell. He finished the game, but he had 16, 11 and seven and carried the team in double overtime to a win. And he had this nasty post up spin move to kind of ice the game. If you're a 
big time NBA fan, Josh Giddy is somebody you should watch out for. I think he's going to be climbing up the boards. And just in terms of our league, it's such high level now. All the imports in our league are former NBA guys. You got Donald Sloan. Um, it's it's really high level basketball. So if you're a fan and the NBA pauses for any reason because of COVID, check out some NBL games. We're going to be really good. You can watch them all on Twitch. Um, the, the league is growing, and I can't wait. This year we were supposed to play the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers in oh. preseason. Uh, so we would have played against maybe KD and Kyrie. KD but and now, Kyrie. Maybe, but now, you know, whenever we can, we're going to play the Nets. Uh, so uh, that would have been a lot of fun. But we'll be back playing NBA games soon. And, uh, hopefully we gain some American fans this year. Yeah, I was there in Memphis. I will definitely make the trek to Brooklyn yeah. for that one. All right, Matt Walsh, uh, continued success. Stay safe uh, on the other side of the world. And uh, we'll follow you online and everywhere. And good luck to the Breakers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.